0: So, we are in a series on um, Luke, and we've been talking about the victories of Jesus, which which that's what a gospel is. It's the gospel of Jesus according to Luke is what we're looking at. And we've been looking a lot at the shift in... Um, the shift in the understanding of what peace is that Jesus brought. That coming as a baby and, and bringing this peace that is a part of an upside-down kingdom and looking at sort of a new kingdom being here and what that means for us as followers of Jesus and the way it interacts and challenges the kingdom of this world that is still functioning. Um, A few weeks ago, uh, Eric talked from chapter 9 in Luke about being a disciple and what it looks like to be a disciple. And he said, a disciple is willing to make a profession, so you're kind of joining the kingdom. You're saying, I'm going to submit to this this authority uh, to be directed when we're submitted, We're saying, okay, whatever I was doing, however I was participating in this other kingdom, I'm going to invite you to show me what it looks like to move forward. And to be redirected, which is a key part of Christianity and being in the kingdom of God, because what we're saying is we're open to being challenged and to repent of things in an ongoing fashion as we interact with one another, as we interact with the world, as we interact with God, that we're inviting him to say, no, this isn't the battle that we're fighting today. This, this is the battle over here. Um, so what, what Eric said we are offered in return is intimacy, purpose, and divine experience. And so today we're looking at Luke 11 through 12, and it has a lot about, it starts actually with the Lord's Prayer uh, that we just said out loud together, uh, and it, it 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 speaks a lot about what it is to shift out of the old kingdom and into the new kingdom. So to start with, I have a movie clip, which I've never done in in the eight times that I've spoken it. <laughs> but uh it's from the lord of the rings uh which is a epic about good and evil and uh the evil kingdom and the peaceful kingdom basically at war with one another this clip is from the second movie which is there's 3 books actually but the the second one is where things are really not going well right And so at this point, this is Aragorn. He's the rightful king of the peaceful kingdom. Uh, Gandalf is sort of the spiritual representation of light. He comes in in a little while with a lot of light. Uh, And so they have been battling for this kingdom whose king was under a long influence of darkness, he was having it bad for a really long time and not and slave really to the kingdom of darkness and what they're fighting for is to further this kingdom of light and bring something good into the world and conquer Sauron who's the prince of darkness in this in this scene so it's been four days. They've been battling the dark creatures uh, of um, the orcs who are fighting against them, and they represent the evil kingdom. They're the minions of the evil kingdom. And they're losing. They've like ended up finally just retreating into the inner part of the castle so that uh, they can just survive. And so this is where we enter. Roman, for your people, your sun is rising. Look to my coming at first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. Yes. Yes. shall sound in the deep one last time yes let this be the hour when we draw swords together King stands alone. Not alone. Go hit him! So what I want you to think of to start with is the impact of light. There's an impact of the light coming through when Aragorn is saying, we should ride out. And he's not even remembering yet that that Gandalf has promised to show up. He's saying, we should ride out. And the guy who's been in darkness says, uh, I I think we didn't hear that part, but the guy who's been in darkness says, for death and glory, because he's still thinking old kingdom way. Right? He's saying, it's hopeless, but we're just going to go out and do what we can. And, and Aragorn says, for your people and for Rohan. He's saying, we're doing this because we're, we're stepping into a different kingdom and there's hope. And then he remembers also that, you know, Gandalf has promised to show up but when when we think about light, there's lots of different things we think about. We might think about warmth. We might think about beauty. We might think about exposure, right? What happens to the orcs when the light hits them is their darkness is utterly exposed and they don't know where to go. What happens when... The people who are, who are living for the kingdom of light, when they see the light, they, they think hope. So in, this, in this, these two chapters, and they're, they have lots and lots of random things in them that aren't necessarily random, I shouldn't say that, but lots of warnings and woes and encouragements and teachings and admonishments. So I'm not going to read the whole two chapters to you. But kind of in the middle of these, these verses is this sense of light and dark, of what happens on the inside and what happens on the outside, and a look at hypocrisy. So he's addressing the Pharisees, and I don't know, have you guys ever like found like your favorite cup sitting on a shelf somewhere? and you go and you grab it, and you're like, oh, my favorite cup, and then you're like, ah, gross. (laughs) And you wonder, do I throw it out? Do I keep it? Like, what's going to happen? It's got, like, moldy coffee at the bottom of it, and it's disgusting. Well, that's kind of what Jesus says to the Pharisees. He says, because the Pharisees are trying to do stuff that they think this is what the law, the Pharisees and the teachers of law, this is what the law tells us to do. So they're giving a tenth of their money and spices and all of their things to uh, to God, but then they're not doing the things that God has asked them to do in terms of offering mercy and justice and truth. And what, what Jesus says to them is, you haven't, like, you've washed the outside of your cup, but the inside of your cup is disgusting, and it is not something that you want brought into the light. At one point, he calls them... Uh, what, what's the phrase? Uh, sorry. At one point, he tells them that they're like unmarked graves that people walk over without knowing. Now, what I want you to do is consider, especially if you've been a believer for a while, that a lot of what Jesus says to the Pharisees is meant for us. Because we constantly get into the mode of, I just need to work on the next thing and find the light. Sorry, I forgot to click my slide. There we go. And I think sometimes we're that way. We have things going on on the inside when God when Jesus talks about shining light on us. That's very exposing because we are broken and we hurt one another and we hold bitterness toward one another and Miraculously, in moments, Jesus intervenes and rescues us out of that. But this verse about, uh, it says, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. Now, when I was growing up, this verse was utterly terrifying because I lived in a family that was bound up by shame and abuse and contempt with a false sense of intimacy. We all thought, oh, we get along pretty well. It's a pretty good family. We go to church, right? We looked good on the outside. And the idea that the ugliness that I was holding inside, even as a kid, would someday be broadcast in the daylight was utterly terrifying. What we find in the New Kingdom is not Jesus saying, I want to shine the light on your ugliness because I want you to feel ashamed and everybody to see how ugly you are. What we have in the New Kingdom is Jesus saying, I am going to serve you In your ugliness, I'm going to reach my hand inside your moldy coffee cup and clean out the inside and take the muck on myself. Okay, he's saying, he's saying, there's freedom to be seen in the light, and I am not going to reject you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm off. I'm I'm inviting you toward intimacy. So what happens then is that we can come to, I mean, already he's established a really deep understanding of sin, right? By shining the light. He's uh, uh, in the, the Sermon on the Mount that we did in chapter five or six, think five, I think. Um, he like deepens the understanding of sin from don't murder to don't be angry, the, the understanding of adultery or to to not not just to commit something a sinful act in your sexuality but don't even imagine it don't even let your heart consider it that is unattainable in in my experience and in the lives of the people that I've been involved in you can maybe clean the outside of your cup and and not let people see the ugliness of what's inside of you but you can't on your own get the gunk out. And what I, what I think Jesus is saying is that when you understand the depth of your sin and the ugliness of your sin, when I shine that bright light into your coffee cup, I'm with you. And I want to be intimate with you In relationship despite the fact that you don't have something to bring to me. And so in the death and resurrection and the suffering that Jesus went through, he ushers in this kingdom that is totally different from the Roman kingdom that exists around him. And quite frankly, from the kingdom that exists around us. A kingdom that says you got to get it right, a kingdom that says If someone hurts you, then walk away uh, there's there's so many elements of the of the dark kingdom that exists across time and space in this period of time that we're in. The other thing is that it allows us to actually experience true forgiveness when the light is shining on us. And it allows us to step into repentance, not out of shame, but out of intimacy and gratitude to God. Now, one of the things that happens for me when the light shines on me, I'll be honest with you, the last month, I have been having random panic attacks all month and have been not able to do a lot of the things that I think I'm supposed to do. I've been losing the battle, right? I felt like I was under the gun. And a lot of the fear and anxiety that we experience is about that fear that we're going to be exposed and then known to be wrong, to be, uh, to be too afraid, to be not enough to do what we're supposed to do. We carry around all this anxiety because we're afraid of being known. But the only way to intimacy is being known. And not only does Jesus invite us on that path with himself and invite us into this kingdom, But then he he also invites us into a new new mission, okay? So once we receive the grace that God has given us and begin to wrestle with the depth of that, and then throughout our lives wrestle with the depth of that, God begins to say, hey, this is the way we live in this kingdom. You can, you can walk with me in this kingdom. You can fight in this kingdom. Okay, the Rohirrim come up at the top of the hill along with Gandalf, and they rush down because they're already sitting with, with the light, and they rush down and they like, eradicate the darkness that is attacking this other kingdom and invite the whole kingdom into light, pretty much. So as we walk on this mission, we begin to consider what what it means to have Jesus, to have God as king. And the disciples, they're wrestling with this. And so you know they've they've heard about John's disciples the guy that announced that Jesus was coming and they used to pray so so Jesus is praying right the king is praying and talking to God and so his one of his disciples says well teach us how to pray what do we say okay and that's where we get the the lord's prayer and i i think one of the really key things is that it starts with father jesus throughout the scripture is saying you are when you when you believe when you accept who i am you are a child of god you are brought into the kingdom and you are no longer a slave or a servant or someone who has to hide in the shadows, you may serve, and that is the mission of the kingdom, because what our king did is, knowing that he had all power, he put on a, a garment, a, a towel, and washed his disciples' feet and said, go and do likewise. So what 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 you find is that we're brought in as children— like Jesus is, and then we're invited to serve in this upside-down kingdom. In uh, verse 20 of chapter 11, he says, he's talking about driving out demons, and the Israelites were waiting for this new kingdom to come, and for the Messiah, the anointed one, that was going to usher it in. And what happens? He said, you know, they're talking about, oh, well, you drive demons out by Satan. You're you're just a part of this existing kingdom, and you're just using whatever is here, some kind of magic or whatever. And and it's not really like you're not really carrying the authority of God. And he confronts this and says, you know, if Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? And then he says in verse 20, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So what he's saying, I mean, he's making direct reference, like the finger of God is sort of to a Jew would be what writes on the stone tablets that gave, that gave the, uh, the Ten Commandments, right? This is, he's saying, I am with that creator, that's the power that I'm using. And and so if that's so, then I really am the one, the anointed one, that's ushering in this new kingdom. And even though it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like, I am the one, and a part of the way I'm demonstrating that is the work that I'm doing around you and the work that my disciples are doing around you. And so in the gospel, one of the things you have as a kingdom is you have victories that happen that begin to bring hope to the people who are participating. You have in Jesus a kingdom of hope. And, And it's not hope in power because he's turning the power structures upside down. It's a kingdom where you serve, where Jesus goes and serves people who are sick, people who are outcast, people who are marginalized in various ways. He even serves the Pharisees in the sense of of just constantly inviting them to say, look, this way that you're being is not, like, that is not where the kingdom is. You got to go for the inside if you're really going to come to the kingdom that's a grace. That's not just him being mean to the Pharisees. That's an invitation. And when we are stuck with our gross cups trying to hide what's inside of us, we become the Pharisees, right? And Jesus is inviting us to bring that into the light and to let him direct us and redirect us in what we should be doing. So, the other thing that Jesus brings, can you click it, Tim? Oh, it did. Okay, just delayed. Is relationship. He consistently brings us into not just, you can be a slave for my kingdom. Into you can be a child in my kingdom, you can be the child of God alongside me, and then as he does that, he's saying, You have a new identity, right? This is you are now a kingdom dweller, and he begins to speak to us about the values of the kingdom. he says things like, you don't need to be anxious, right? You don't need to worry about what you're going to eat, about what that person said, about what you're going to say when you go and and talk about me in the the world. You don't have to be anxious about that stuff because the Father knows, right? The Father knows you. The Father knows what you need to say, and he's going to speak through you. The Father knows that you're anxious, and he's going to care for you. And so as we learn these values, as, Jesus, as God is offering those to us in this new kingdom, and as we enter into relationship where we're, we're saying, no, this is not just your kingdom. This is, this is my kingdom. I'm, 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 I'm all in. I'm going to do what I can do. Not only do we sit and allow the light to shine on us in order for us to be able to come to repentance with that's not about shame. But then we also begin to look around us at the other people in the kingdom. We we begin to look at the you know like the Rohiram who took longer than the rest of everybody to come along, but but they come and they they rush down and they participate to rescue the people who are still struggling. And that's what we do for one another, right? As we walk in the light and the grace of God, we begin to offer the light and the grace of God out of relationship to one another. Worked. So, what does it look like to walk in this bright kingdom? Right? What's the practical elements of this? The things that you're—being offered forgiveness and intimacy is an invitation to offer that out. In the Lord's Prayer, it's not just, forgive me. It's, forgive me, and I, I'm, I'm going to be forgiving others, right? You offered me grace in, and invited me into this different way of living, into this new kingdom, and now I'm going to live that way in the world, in my immediate community— and I am going to engage with people who may also be anxious. And, and when I'm anxious, I hide, right? I don't go out and see people. When I'm able to move out of that, then I begin to offer to people the places where Jesus showed up in that and the things that Jesus spoke to me in that, which I'm still kind of in the middle of, so don't ask. (laughs) But he also offers us a mission and a hope, a mission that's about hope. And the mission is about serving, right? The mission of the kingdom. God is reconciling the world to himself uh, in 2 Corinthians Five, I think God is reconciling the word to himself and he's given us the ministry of reconciling he's not counting our sins against us we get to go out and be ambassadors who proclaim the good news to one another in our struggles and also to the people around us that we randomly come in contact with that there is something new happening that God is in this process and we get to be a part of it The other thing with the relationship comes adoption and audacity. I, I love he's telling a story at in the, after the Lord's prayer about like kind of how it's okay for us to just pester God with what we want, even if it's not happening the way we want it. Uh, and he talks about. A traveler who's going to his neighbor and saying, you know, hey, it's late at night, give me some bread. Okay, I need, I got someone coming over to my house, and I need, I need bread. And he says, because, even though he will not give up to give you the bread because of his friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus is inviting us to engage with God in a way that is embarrassing in some ways right it, you're You're coming with gunk and you're saying, "Hey <laughs> look what I have like can you give me some bread right <laughs> Can you forgive me can you uh can you protect me from from the temptation and testing that Jesus took on for us? Can can you protect me from that? But the question I think I have is, what keeps you from that, right? What, What stops you from serving? Is it your fear of exposure are you unwilling to be redirected? God is saying, hey, this, this is the wrong battle. I need you over here. Are you determined to live in the old kingdom, like a Fer- lot of the Pharisees ended up being? I can do it myself. I do not need help. I don't need your help. Uh, I don't need God's help. I'm just going to figure out how to get it right, and I'm going to do it. Right? That's the old kingdom. And when you fail, shame on you, right? That That's the world. Failure brings shame. But in the new kingdom, it doesn't. In the new kingdom, God is inviting us to this repentance that comes out of intimacy and love rather than out of our actions and getting it right. Uh, I think I... Have a little bit of time for questions. Does anyone have any thoughts or pushbacks? I don't have the mic over here, and I'm certainly not running it. <laughs> hmm? I think sometimes, like, your question of what keeps us from doing this like what um I think sometimes it can be epic things that keep me from it but a lot of times it's super ordinary like I'm just really focusing on the day-to-day and what the people around me are saying to do in class or you know at work or whatever but they're not focused on my kingdom mission <laughs> and so um when I'm busy just trying to do that and don't take time to like actually listen to God, then I'll just, I'll miss it. Cause I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. Another part of this is uh, in, of this, these two chapters is the idea of seeking first the kingdom of God and then all the other things that you are interested in will be, will be given to you because your father knows you. Your father knows what you need. Um, What do you, am I doing this right? Uh, Now it's working. Uh, What do you think it looks like to be redirected by God? Because, you know, it's hard hard to know if you're hearing God or your own selfishness or other people's fears. You know, especially if you're someone like me who's not a particularly trusting person of others. You know, the common answer would be, well, get feedback from all of your, Christian friends, you know, they'll tell you. But I, I I don't really connect with that very much, you know. So, you know, what does it look like to be redirected by God? You know, because I want to be able to be, but I'm still committed to whatever it is I'm committed to, so. You're still unwilling to be redirected to your community. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there are a lot of ways that God redirects us. Some of them are like specifically out of, you know, the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. Um, some of them are in terms of, like, experiences that we have with, with God in the world and, and recognizing the impact that we have on other people when we make choices. Those are places. But the primary one is through community, God invites us to live in community, to gather together, to listen to one another, not because, every, not because we're trustworthy, quite frankly, but because he's trustworthy, and he's the king of the kingdom. So when Aragorn says, we're going to do this, let's go out and do this new thing, he's redirecting uh, what's his name, the Rohan king? Theoden, yeah, he's redirecting him and saying, this is not about like what we can do and what it looks like for us. This is about what, what Gandalf is doing in this kingdom of light, and we're going to be a part of it, so let's do it. And then Gandalf meets them in there. But without other believers and other people to speak into our lives, we are deceived a lot because we're invited into a kingdom, not into... A solitary, you know, otherwise we end up being more like snipers instead of part of the army that's working. Yeah, he's very specific in in these two chapters where he's talking about people looking for signs instead of actually looking to the king. And God does work through things that happen, but no, I don't think that just because something changes that means you're supposed to do the next thing. But I do think if you make the wrong choice, Jesus will still be with you and God will still work with you in that. Okay, I think we're done, Eric says.